Well, this is a special week in this house because it, we're celebrating Mother's Day. Yeah. And we are just, we're celebrating you. We're so thankful. And um, something that is special for us in this house is, yes, we celebrate the mothers. If you have given birth to a baby, we celebrate you because that is really hard work because you, you're growing this thing inside you and you have a baby, and whether you have medicine or not, whatever path you choose is very difficult. <laughs> and so we honor you, those of you who have actually physically given birth to a baby. We honor you, and that's amazing. But in this house, something that I really love is that we, we take this chance and take this moment to really honor all of the ladies in this house and to really um, to uh, celebrate and to um, honor the fact that God has given us, all of us, a mother's heart. And this is so important, especially being in this series, Mad About the House, knowing that house, did you like how I kind of added some Southern drawl into house? Okay, Um, but us as women, um, it is so important for us to be um, God's heart to people. And and really what that looks like is, is building up the people in our lives, loving people, gathering people together, walking with people through things that they're going through, raising up little people to become adults, uh, teaching people, training people, speaking life over the children, over the people in our lives, uh, coaching, really the heart of a coach and, and walking people through things, finding the potential in people. Um, And like my husband said last week, which really helps me um, as I'm speaking to my children, even as I'm speaking to anyone, but just thinking that I'm speaking to the the king inside the boy, speaking to the queen inside the girl, speaking to the the wise uh, warrior inside the fool. And I think that is just so important for us. And so this This week, we celebrate all the women in the house from young to old, all the ladies, because there's something special inside of every single one of us, the heart of a mother, which is God's heart. And so we celebrate. And as you entered this weekend, uh, you received a lei. And kind of going off the Hawaiian theme of last week, uh, something that's so, what I love so much about the Hawaiian culture is the aloha culture. The, and at, when they welcome visitors, they put a lei on you and, and they say, um, welcome, aloha. And what's really cool is, um, so these are flower garlands and they were worn by ancient Hawaiians to beautify themselves and to distinguish themselves from others. And so us, us ladies, uh, God has beautified us and we are distinguished from others. And so you are special. You are here for a reason. And, and I'm using paper today. So we're getting crazy all up in here. Um, I wanted to talk a little bit today about waiting. And this I really feel like God has um, just put in my spirit and been showing me lately of, of waiting, but knowing that there's something more around the corner. And I was doing laundry with Lennox. Yes, I was doing laundry with Lennox the other day. I kind of just keep him close because otherwise he's like running and jumping and climbing and getting knives and really crazy. So I just kind of keep him right next to me all the time. So I was doing laundry and I had him helping me. And so I opened up the, the washer and I opened up the dryer and I said, okay, Lennox, now you're gonna start putting um, 
these clothes in the dryer. And so he did it and he was actually doing really good. And then all of a sudden he just closed the door. And I was like, Lennox, wait, there's more. And so then I, we opened it and I was giving him, giving him more and he was putting them in and then he just ran away. And I was like, buddy, there's more, sweetheart. You've got to wait, there's actually more. And isn't that true? There's always more laundry. There's always more laundry. And this is actually pretty tame. In our house, sometimes the pile can get up to here and then it's overflowing and it's just everywhere. Um, Laundry, what comes to your mind when you think of laundry? I know, I know everyone, I know all men and women know how to do laundry. I'm not just saying that women do laundry. Um, but how funny is it that, we'll, like we work really hard and then we're like, okay, we're, we're, I'm all caught up. And then right, it's like five minutes later and then Tabasco, our dog, he, he just runs in and it, it's in the season of spring. And so with the season of spring brings mud. And if you have a dog run with a doggy door that comes into your house, it's mud, but it's not regular mud, it's poopy mud. And so he's bringing in mud and it's just everywhere. And oh, monster truck style, it's horrible. But it's so funny because we say, we're caught up, but really that only lasts a little while, and then we're right back into it again, and a baby spills milk, and I don't even want to tell you what Lennox has been doing lately, and I probably shouldn't, but I really should. Okay, so lately I've been, for nap time even, I've been having to put his PJs on him because if he wakes up and he's been napping and he's poopy, he has been grabbing that poop and getting it all over his hands, getting it in his hair and wiping it everywhere. So I've been trying to contain it in his pajamas. So if you are a babysitter of ours and I haven't told you yet, please put the PJs on the boy for nap time. He needs a onesie. Uh, usually when the word laundry comes to my mind, I kind of get a little bit anxious and uh, start sweating a little bit. And uh, I just, I honestly have had a really hard time trying to figure out the world of laundry. And I feel like I, I do really well and then I'm caught up and then I am back in the, the thing again. And I, I just always feel like there's a pile, whether it's a clean pile or a dirty pile, I feel like there's piles everywhere. And um, I, so I texted a few friends and um, kind of just was like, okay, what do you guys do? Like, do you have any tips? Do you have any tricks? Do you have any hacks, like life hacks where you could help me out? Um, and one of my friends, she is, she's so bold. She said, laundry is my middle name. And I'm like, okay, I'm gonna listen to everything that you tell me. And so she said that she does two to three loads per day. She does one to two in the morning if you guys want to take notes, you can. Um, and then she does one at night. She, um, she has a folding table next to the dryer so that she can fold straight out of the dryer. And how genius is that? Because that's usually like, I have my clean pile, and then later on I'm, I'm finding the clean things right away again in the dirty things. But she folds um, them right away, and then she has one stack per child, and then their job is to put it away. And I was like, oh my gosh, that is amazing. And then I asked her, so was it the same when your kids were little? Because all of her kids are like teenage um, age. And she said, <laughs> um, she said, definitely no. 
It was a crap storm. She used a different word for crap of laundry everywhere all the time. I'm like, okay, I'm not alone. It's so good. Um, but anyway, so I have, a, I have a lot of help with laundry these days. My kids are getting a little bit older, and so they, they're helping, and um, it, we, we're kind of doing the Marie Kondoing it, where we're kind of like trying to fold them in different ways. Sometimes, honestly, that is not all the time. Actually, my kids do better at folding special than I do. But um, anyways, um, the thing that is super helpful is, is knowing that you have people that, you're, that are helping you out with these things. And so I do have a lot of help these days. I have babysitters who are amazing, who when, they're, when they put the kids to bed, they, they fold stuff and, and, uh, and put them away. And I just want to take a side note and say, um, if you are a babysitter, if you're thinking about ever being a babysitter, I'm going to give you some tips that are, is going to help you go far in this life. When you put those kids to bed, and you need to put those kids to bed and brush their teeth and um, put their PJs on, especially Lennox. Um, but when you, after you do that, instead of sitting on the couch and being on your phone and being paid to be on your phone for however long the parents will take to come home, what if you were to fold some clothes? What if you were to do the dishes? What if you were to tidy up a little bit? What if you were to sweep? Seriously, you're going to go so far in life if you go above and beyond, next level, uh, just going for it. I also asked my mom about laundry, and she said she just does a little bit every day so that she can stay on top of it. And that is kind of my point, is that a little every day goes a long way. And this week, I just want to um, point to the fact that um, if we wait, there's more. If we don't give up, if we don't quit, if we wait, there's more. There's, um, God has called us to doing the little things that add up to the big things. And we're going to look at, in Proverbs 31, we're going to look at, um, this is really just a brief mention of this mother. Um, Proverbs 31, verse 1. The sayings of King Lemuel an inspired utterance his mother taught him. Listen, my son. Listen, son of my womb. Listen, my son, the answer to my prayers. Do not spend your strength on women, your vigor on those who ruin kings. It is not for kings, Lemuel. It is not for kings to drink wine, not for rulers to crave beer, lest they drink and forget what has been decreed and deprive all the oppressed of their rights. Let beer be for those who are perishing, wine for those who are in anguish. Let them drink and forget their poverty and remember their misery no more. Okay. Uh, verse 8. Speak up for those who cannot speak for themselves, for the rights of all who are destitute. Speak and judge fairly. Defend the rights of the poor and the needy. Verse 10, a wife of noble character who can find. She is worth far more than rubies. And this continues on with this list of this woman, not necessarily that this woman has ever existed, but the, the potential of a woman who, who loves God and who loves her family and who seeks to, to follow God. And we're going to kind of point to a few different um, parts of who this woman is as we go. But... Um, King Lemuel, so the name Lemuel means devoted to God or belonging to God. And some say that this 
person, King Lemuel, is a pseudonym or a nickname for King Solomon. And it kind of seems weird because all throughout the Bible, it, he goes by the name Solomon. And in, this is the only uh, instance where it, he's King Lemuel. So I don't really know, but if it's true that this is King Solomon, then it's his mother Bathsheba who is speaking to him, which is really a cool thing because on this note, I mean, we know the story of Bathsheba and yeah, she messed up, but I just love that this is such a sweet thing for us as women. We are all going to mess up. We are all gonna make mistakes. We're all gonna speak in a tone that we wish we didn't speak in. We're all gonna um, mess up, but that doesn't mean that you can't speak encouragement and life and love into your children's lives, into the people who are in your lives. Just because you have sinned, just because you have made a mistake, this actually gives you the opportunity to show what it looks like to fail well and what it looks like to make a mistake and what it looks like uh, to apologize. Um, God has given you the strength to teach your kids and to be the voice, to be the microphone into your kids' lives. And so don't give up on that. Um, it's really important. It says, King Lemuel's mother, her inspired utterance or strong advice that she's telling her son. Um, and when it comes to this part where he's, she's talking about women, don't spend your strength on women. Basically, she's saying, son, wait, there's more. Don't give your strength to all the women. Don't give your, don't, don't love all the women. Uh, there's one woman for you and she's worth waiting for. And so for those of you young men, those of you young women who are uh, wanting to date someone because they're hot, that's great, that's awesome, but just wait. There's more for you. And yes, maybe that person is the one for you, but maybe just, just hold on a second, just wait. Um, um, and not just because the person's hot, not just because they're enticing you, um, and not just because you're lonely, um, but wait, because there's a person, there's a woman of high value for you men. There's a, a man of high value for you young women. And so um, hold out for honor, and um, it's super important. And one thing I do want to encourage you in is... Um, is to cherish your single years. And I'm kind of going off a little bit, but to cherish means to hold or to treat as dear, to feel love for, to care for tenderly, to nurture. So just as you're meant in, in marriage, when you say your vows, you say to love and to cherish. You're cherishing that person, that one person for the rest of your life. And just as much as you're meant to cherish your spouse, I want to challenge you to cherish your single years from this day forward. It's such a beautiful season that you're in right now and, and, and you'll never be where you are right now again. And so um, cherish the single years, lean in, learn much, learn from the single people in your life, learn from the married people in your life, just soak it all in. One thing that I see here that I love is that she was saying, this mother, um, she was giving inspired utterance. And um, my first point, if you will, is what you utter matters. What you utter matters. And utterance in the Bible, it means oracle. Um, it's the Hebrew word meaning burden, um, frequently used by Israel's prophets to de denote a message from God, either because it was carried by them 
or it was heavy and it was weighty. It probably should read, the heading for this should probably read, words of Lemuel King, a weighty message that his mother taught him. I love that, the weighty message. We as mothers, we kind of already talked about it, but we as mothers who give birth to our children, we have the responsibility of carrying our child. And we do so much in order to do that. We change our eating habits. We change our drinking habits. We change, um, we have prenatal vitamins. We exercise maybe in a different way. We, um, we go to doctor's appointments. We rest. We get really uncomfortable um, towards the end. Um, our bodies stretch in ways that are not normal. Uh, when I, every pregnancy I had, there were stretch marks this way, there were stretch marks this way. I feel like I just, it's just, it's just what it is. But it's, we carry a baby. Um, we gain weight and we know that we have a weighty responsibility because there's a human growing inside of us. We're carrying a child. And I just wanna speak to any women who, um, who haven't been able to carry a child to term. And I just wanna point out the weight of a miscarriage, of not being able to carry what you thought you were gonna carry, of not being able to, to carry what you, um, what you were meant to carry. Um, there's a deep ache for women who miscarry, and I just see this as um, when children or babies or, or people in general die outside of the, the womb, we're able to have a funeral and we're able to celebrate that life and we're able to, um, to, to move forward, yes, in grief, but able to move forward. But people who have babies die in their womb, there is such a, a grief and a, and a pain that doesn't necessarily get to be uh, realized. And a lot of people don't even know that that has happened. Um, but the death inside of the womb of a baby is just as real as the death of, of someone outside the, the womb. And so um, I just think that, um, I just wanna say for those of you who have experienced that, that, that God sees and you're not alone. And I have some amazing women in my life who've been able to share out of that pain and it's so beautiful because you just see the freedom that comes when there's that vulnerability and when there's that openness with, with their pain. And so um, just a note there with, with that. Um, also, if Abortion has been something that has been in your past. I just want you to know today, I'm speaking to, um, to someone who maybe is experiencing that pain right now. I just want to tell you that you are not what you've decided to do in the past, that, that, that we serve and love a God who loves you and who um, is the God of redemption, and you're not defined by that. And if you're in a place where you're, you're feeling that way, I just encourage you to um, just to give that to the Lord because he sees that and he can use that. And I think that, um, that God is just so much greater and so much bigger and he has such a plan for you in your life. Um, and if you are considering an abortion, I just want to encourage you to choose life and to get the counseling that you need and the help that you need so that you can carry a child and see what God can do with a life. Um, in regards to this utterance, so when I think of utter, I think of like mumbling, like <laughs> but, um, but the utterance is actually like a, a way where you're publicly declaring something. So it's actually very clear and very confidently saying something. So if we're telling our kids to listen up, 
we'd better be saying something that is of, of worth and that has heaviness and weight. Proverbs 31, 26, talking about this woman, this woman who's worth more than rubies, her teachings are filled with wisdom and kindness as loving instruction pours from her lips. The message translation says, when she speaks, she has something worthwhile to say and she always says it kindly. What we say matters. Um, and what is King Lemuel's mother saying? She's saying, don't do this. So she's saying, don't uh, go after lots of women. Uh, wait for the one. She's saying, I don't have a craving and an addiction to, to wine. Not don't ever drink wine, but just don't let that be what you're giving yourself to. Um, and then she says, do this. And so she's saying, don't do this, but Speak up for those who can't speak for themselves. Speak up and judge fairly. Be a good king and lead your people well. And I just, I love the thought of this because an utterance of just kind of repeating yourself. And I, I think maybe for some of us moms, we feel like we're saying the same things over and over and over again. But there's such a beauty in that. And I just want to encourage all of us, including myself, that when you feel like you're repeating yourself, repeat yourself with feeling. Repeat yourself with love. Repeat yourself with emphasis and kindness. Um, right now, we're memorizing 1 Corinthians 13, talking about love with our girls. And I have to stop at the first two every time. Love is patient, love is kind. I feel like I can't even get past the other things. I'm like, okay, Lord, love is patient, love is kind. And honestly, I feel like I'm gonna struggle my whole life with just those two. But God is calling us to, to be that uh, repetition for our kids and to do the little things um, day by day. So basically she's saying self-control, if you can have practice the self-control, it's going to bring you strength. If you can have this compassion, it's going to bring you an abundant and full life. She's saying practice self-control, son, practice compassion and empathy. Because um, what you practice now is what you're gonna live later. What you're practicing now, what you're doing now, what you're repeating now, what you're giving now, is what you're gonna live out later. And that's the same for you parents too. What you're speaking over your kids now, what you're telling them now, what you're teaching them now, is gonna come out. I love how it says, it's the sayings of King Lemuel, an inspired utterance by his mother. So the things that she uttered became his sayings. The things that she uttered became his sayings. And so I just love that speak life that they may live. Love that so much. Um, the second thing I just want to encourage us in as we're waiting, because there's more, is to take your time. Take your time. Um, don't rush the season that you're in. I just want to encourage you right now, take your time. That you're, you're, you may be in a season with babies. You may be in a season with um, a two-year-old who runs around and wipes poop everywhere. Um, you might just be in a season that is, is hard, is difficult. Um, but what I want to remind you in is that this season is a season. This chapter is a chapter. It's not the whole book. It's just a season. You don't know how long this season is going to even last. You don't, if you just wait, there's more. You don't know if the corner that you're going to turn into is right around the corner. You don't know if it's going to be a long corner, but God has so much for you. And I just see so much here. What I love, <laughs> 
is this could be your season. You could just be in a season where this is constant and it's the storm of the laundry and you're just constantly, just, you maybe just feel like, and this is how I feel, you're just pushing things everywhere and there's no like organization to it, but you're just pushing and things are happening. Or you might be in a season where things are just perfectly like folded and if you're, on, if you're in this season, enjoy this season where you're able to fold your clothes and they actually make it to the room, into the drawers. And it's so funny, I was just thinking, like, if I could design my own, like, dream house, I would have, like, the center be the laundry room. And then I would have a conveyor belt, like this one here. And you would just fold the clothes and then you would put it on the conveyor belt and it would lead to the, the room that it's meant to go to. Maybe one day, that would be awesome. Um, the Bible says the, the wife is the heart of the home. So that would be really cool. Anyways, um, or maybe you're actually in a season where you see the bottom of your laundry basket. And if you are in that season, I just want to say congratulations, <laughs> because that is a really amazing place to be, where you can do this and nothing falls out. No, like, secret socks that don't have matches anymore. We're each in a season, and I just want to encourage you to enjoy the season that you're in, to take, to take your time. Take your time. Is it a hard season? Is it a great season? I love how Ann Voskamp says, she says, who are we to even label what's good and what's bad? And this is so, when I heard her say this in a podcast, it really stopped me in my tracks because we are so quick to say, man, this is so good. Man, this is so bad. But how, who are we to say that something that seems good could actually be something that is hard for us? And something that actually seems bad could be something that is actually something that God is going to work in us to bring out beauty and to bring out goodness and to bring out strength. Who are we to say that something is good or evil? So take your time. The third point I just want to look at is work while you wait. So many times we're, we're, we're in a place where we're, um, we're waiting and we we don't see the end in sight and we're, we're, we're thinking about giving up, we're thinking about just quitting, we're thinking about throwing in the towel. But what I wanna say is in that season, work. Work while you wait. Be the very best wife, the very best husband, the very best um, mom, sister, boss, employee, student that you can be right now, even though you may not see an end to it. You may not see, I don't know when this season of schooling is ever going to end, but there is, it will end. And I love how my husband said last week, it's so important when you're in it, do it. And be the, be the version of you that God's called you to be where you are, whether it's good or whether it's hard. We can wake up in the morning, like he said, and we can show up to work and we say, God, I'm reporting for duty. And I love that. That has just been in my heart this week. I love that so much. Um, I was reading about Kim Kardashian, Victoria, that's for you. Um, and this article was talking about how she is wanting to become a lawyer. And I just think that's so amazing. But she referenced um, Abraham Lincoln and he said, if you are 
If you are resolutely determined to make a lawyer out of yourself, the thing is more than half done already. Always bear in mind that your own resolution to succeed is more important than any other thing. And that's, that is so true. It's just, you got to decide. Even for me, my husband was, was encouraging me this week um, when I was feeling overwhelmed and when I just had so much going on and I, I just wanted to um, lie in bed and pull the cover over my head. He said, Jenny, you just got to do it. You got to decide that you're going to do it and you just got to do it. And honestly, that has helped me so much because really that's, that's half the battle. You decide, okay, I'm going to work hard and I'm going to keep going. I'm going to work while I wait. I'm going to do this. I'm going to get after it. And then I'm going to work hard. So you got to decide to work hard and then work hard. And I love how, um, it said that Kim's uh, mentors planted in her head that she could do more and that she could, she could do what she set her mind to. And so I love this idea so much. And for us being mad about the house, planted in the house, um, who are we telling, hey, you can do that? Who are we receiving from? Yeah, I can do that. Um, who are we um, mentoring and discipling and encouraging, setting our mind to it and working hard, working while you wait? Proverbs 31, 13 says, she searches out continual, continually to possess that which is pure and righteous. She delights in the work of her hands. In the NIV, it says that she's, she works with eager hands, like she's just excited and ready and ready to work with her hands. Um, Proverbs 31, 17, she sets about her work vigorously. Her arms are strong for her tasks. Strong arms, eager hands. Um, number four, give while you wait. Give while you wait. I love how if this is Bathsheba, Bathsheba. If not, someone else. I love how she um, was not just telling her son what not to do. Don't do this. Don't do that. Don't sleep around. Don't drink. Don't do that. But she was saying, do. Do speak up for those who cannot speak up for themselves. Do judge fairly. Do lead well. Do be strong. Um, she tells her son, um, speak up for those. But then it's so cool. Verse uh, 19 in, 30, in Proverbs 31, she says, she stretches out her hands to help the needy and she lays hold of the wheels of the government, of government. She is known by her extravagant generosity to the poor for she always reaches out her hands to those in need. And that's what we do. In this house, we fight for people. We love people. We give sacrificially because that's what Jesus did for us. And that's why we, we don't just start a church in Kalispell, Montana and stay there. That's why we start a church in Whitefish and in Missoula and in Bozeman and in Billings and in Great Falls and in Salt Lake City and Portland and Deer Lodge Prison. We love you. That's why we go to the ends of the earth. That's why we do what we do because God has given us so much and he fights for us, so we fight for others. There was someone, when you came in and sat down, there was someone who put that chair out for you. There was someone who fought for you to lead worship. There was someone who fought for you to welcome you into the doors. There was someone who fought for you to, um, to, to tell you about Jesus, my husband. There was someone who, um, who was there for you and fought for you, so we do that for each other. We fight for each other. We reach out. We rock this city. We love our city. We give and we make a difference because who else will? 
Who else is going to go? If God's called us to, we're going to go. We fight for people. We give while we, wait, we, while we wait. And just wait, there's more. This fifth one I want to point out to is smile while you wait. Smile while you wait. Proverbs 31.25 says, She always faces tomorrow with a smile. In another version, it says she is clothed with strength and dignity. She can laugh at the days to come, or she can smile at the future. And I love this so much. Um, One commentary said she shall rejoice in time to come. She smiles at the coming day and does not fear the future. There's one more uh, basket I want to bring out. Actually, a few more. Yeah, girl. Thank you. Good. And I think one thing that can cripple us and can keep us um, from being who we've called us to be and doing what we've called us to do is fear. And we can so often look to the future and be afraid because it's so unknown. And because something like this comes up and it's like, I'm never, I'm never going to deal with this. I'm never going to get to the bottom of this. There's no way that one person can do this. And I, and I just want to share something that has been something that I have struggled with is fear that something's gonna happen to my husband. <laughs> and it's so silly because it's, it's something that hasn't happened and maybe it will. But it's just something that like after Easter, he said, um, he said, man, if that was the last message I ever preached, I'd be happy with that, I'd, I'd die happy. And he's, just, and he's just saying, man, that was so good. I poured my heart into it. This is awesome. I, like, this is great. And, it, and for me, though, it comes across as, what if this was his last message? And then all of the thoughts, all of the things of, well, what would I do without Levi Lesko? What would I do? And um, yes, it is something that, that just crosses my mind often. And something that um, has been helping me is knowing that I can actually laugh at the future. I can actually smile at the future, not because it's anything about me, but it's because Jesus is in my future. And so no matter what happens, no matter what happens, I can have confidence that regardless of what happens in the future, Jesus is going to be there with me. And, um, and also that really, that, that eternity-mindedness is also so helpful because it's like, okay, how am I cherishing my husband? How am, am I really treating him the way that he deserves to be treating, treating him? Am I really treating him the way God's calling me to treat him? And so I don't have to fear the future. I don't have to worry and when those thoughts come, when those worries come, I can say, God, 
that these fears are not from you because there's no fear in love. There's no fear. You haven't given me a spirit of fear, but you've given me, given me a spirit of power and of love and of a sound mind. And so I can go forward and not let fear hold me back. And I can face towers of laundry and I can face the, the difficult things and I can face the, the overwhelmedness and I can face the things that are in my future um, with confidence and with joy and with a smile on my face and with the peace of God. Though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil for you are with me. Something I've been encouraging um, our daughter Clover with uh, the past couple weeks at night when she's scared is, um, is telling her that the very God who created her, the very God who designed her, he knows actually how many hairs are on your head. And she, when she heard that, she was like, wow, that's amazing. And she was guessing like how many hairs she had on her head. But it was just so sweet. And it's, it's, it's true. It's for me. It's for you. God, the God who created you and designed you, he loves you. He knows how many hairs on your head. He knows you better than you know you. And he's your shepherd. He's your good shepherd. And so you don't need to fear. Finally, with God, there's always more in this life and in the next. With God, there's always more, period. But there's always more with him in this life and in the next. In Christ, there is always more. Proverbs 23, 18 says, your future is bright and filled with a living hope that will never fade away. That is so beautiful. Um, Proverbs 4, 18 says, but the lovers of God walk on the highway of light and their way shines brighter and brighter until they bring forth the perfect day. And this one is so cool. Um, 2 Corinthians 4. 16, so no wonder we don't give up, for even though our out, outer person gradually wears out. So it's true. I mean, we're, we all see it. It's just gra gradually wearing out, gradually wearing out. Um, but our inner being is renewed every single day. We view our slight, short-lived troubles in the light of eternity. We view the, the different stages of life that we're in, in the light of eternity. We see our difficulties as the substance that produces for us an eternal weight of glory far beyond comparison because we don't focus on our attention on what we can see. We don't focus on our attention on the things that we're having to carry, on the, the, the load that is weighing on us, the things that we have to do. We are keeping our attention on Jesus. We're keeping our focus on the things that cannot be seen. For what is seen is temporary, but the unseen realm is eternal. Just wait. There's more. Just wait. There's more. And I know that there are some of us who are feeling that weight. We're feeling the weight, the burden, the difficulties, the things that are just on our shoulders. But you were not meant to carry those things. You were not meant to carry the weight of the world on your shoulders. Jesus came and he held the weight for you. He held the weight for me. Wait, there's more. Stick it out. Don't give up. Don't throw in the towel. Don't quit. Keep going no matter what. Just keep going. Just keep showing up. Keep showing up. Keep showing up. 
there was a couple visiting us uh, from California and they were on staff at a church. They said they've been on staff at this church for 30 years. He said they've seen kids grow up to be adults. They've seen these kid, the kids that, they, that grew up get married and have kids. And they have just seen so much. And they said, we just didn't quit. We just kept coming. We just kept showing up and we saw God do incredible things. And I love that picture of just 30 years of faithfulness, 30 years of pouring into kids, 30 years of, of, of being on staff. And that's, that's difficult. That's hard. That's working with people. That's, that's being patient. That's being kind. That is difficult. But they saw God do amazing things because they just didn't quit. I want to um, end with um, a story that I read about Jackie Kennedy Onassis. And um, I just, I admire her and just look up to her in a lot of different ways. But I was reading an article about her. But she experienced grief upon grief upon grief upon grief. Her first pregnancy ended in a miscarriage. Um, and the following pregnancy, she gave birth to a stillborn girl. They had two healthy babies, Caroline and John Jr. Um, but then the death of their son, Patrick, he, had, he was born, he was only alive for two days, and then he died. And then the tragic and traumatic death of her husband was only four months after that. And when I was looking at the time frame, I just couldn't imagine the compound grief upon grief upon grief. And that was her first public appearance since her son had died. And just that, that grief in and of itself of making that public appearance when you've experienced grief like that and then experiencing the worst. Sometimes what's in, what's in your basket, sometimes the things that you're struggling with are compounded and they're just one thing after the other and, and struggles one thing after the other and grief one thing after the other. But what I wanna encourage you with this week is that there's potential for grace upon grace, upon grace, upon grace. John 1:16 says, and now out of his fullness, we are fulfilled. And from him, we receive grace heaped upon grace, grace heaped upon grace. Moses gave us the law, but Jesus, Jesus, the anointed one unveils truth wrapped in tender, mercy. Just wait. There's more. Keep loving. Keep giving. Don't stop now. Galatians 6, 9 says, and don't allow yourselves to be weary or disheartened in planting good seeds. For the season of reaping the wonderful harvest you've planted is coming. Take advantage of every opportunity to be a blessing to others, especially to our brothers and sisters in the family of faith, being mad about the house, especially, I love that, especially to those in the, in the household of faith. As we end here, I just would like every woman to stand to your feet. Um, if you're able to, stand to your feet. Every female all across our church, stand to your feet. And I just want to read this portion of Proverbs 31 over you. And if you're comfortable, if you want to hold up a hand, um, you can. Proverbs 31, 30 through 31. Charm can be misleading, and beauty is vain and so quickly fades. But this virtuous woman lives in the wonder, awe, and fear of the Lord.
She will be praised throughout eternity. So go ahead and give her the credit that is due, for she has become a radiant woman, and all her loving words of righteousness deserve to be admired at the gateways of every city. And I just wanna speak that over you, every single woman in this room, wherever you are at, whatever city you are in, I just speak life over you. And I just believe that whether you have been in a place where you have been experiencing grief upon grief upon grief, or maybe you're, you are in a place where um, your laundry basket is empty, I just wanna speak the fact that God heaps grace. He heaps grace upon grace upon grace. And all you have to do is receive that and receive what he has for you and just keep showing up because there's so much more around the corner. And God, I just pray for every woman, for every lady of the house, and I thank you for them. I thank you, God, for how you have raised them up. I pray, I thank you for the, the, the leaders in this house. I thank you so much, God, that they have um, surrendered their lives to you and they've said, yes, God, I wanna serve you. I wanna give my life uh, to live and to give to what you died for. And I just pray for that spirit all across our house and all these, these ladies that they would see how beautiful their role is, that they would see how precious they are, that they would see that there is a special brick space for them. And it's only for them. And I pray that they would fill it with confidence, and with grace, and with strength. Thank you for these beautiful women. You can put your hands down and you can take a seat if you'd like. And now I just wanna pray for those of us who maybe don't have a relationship with Jesus, who can't say that, that they have been experiencing grace upon grace upon grace, heaped upon grace, because they haven't surrendered their lives to you, God. And so if that's you today, my prayer for you is that you would, you would, you would raise your hands up and you'd say, yes, God, I surrender, I want you, I need you. And if that's you, I have a, a, a prayer that you can pray alongside with, with all of us that we wanna pray with you because uh, we got your back. And um, if that is you, would you pray this prayer? You say, dear God, I know that I'm a sinner and that I'm lost without you. And I can't handle these baskets filled with all the things that I can't fix. So I give them to you, God. I give myself to you. I surrender to you. Save me. Make me new. In Jesus' name, amen.